0: Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. What a goal! Sensational!
1: I swear you'll
0: never see anything like this ever again! The world is left to wonder. Wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused. How on earth did that happen? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wonder Goal, presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365 exclusive signup offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 free. I am BJ Cunningham hosting this episode. Michael Leiboff will be back for our midweek episode. I'm joined by my colleague and friend, Anthony DeBundo, and we have match week four. In the Champions League. This is the reverse fixtures of the matches we just saw last week, except at the other venue. Uh, We'll start out on Tuesday. We're going to start in Group E. Group E sets up like this. Salzburg sitting in first place with five points. Chelsea in second with four points. Milan in third with four points. Chelsea has the tiebreaker. And Dinamo Zagreb sitting at the bottom of the table with three points because they beat Chelsea in the first meeting. We start at the San Siro. Milan hosting Chelsea Milan is plus 200 Chelsea is sitting at plus 137 and the draw at plus 240 Chelsea won this reverse fixture three nothing uh pretty much dominated the match especially defensively Milan only took four shots in the entire match didn't have a shot up until right before the half Milan is still missing some guys they'll get Dale Hernandez back but it's interesting because I really want to play Chelsea really bad but the number is just not there for me Anthony what do you think for this match what Most importantly, what do you think Milan can actually do to potentially reverse this, or is it just going to be another Chelsea runaway?
1: Yeah, I think Milan has more of a chance at home here in the situation. They can play a little bit more direct through Giroux. I think they might find a little more success because they were not able to do anything to play through the Chelsea pressure at Stamford Bridge whatsoever. Chelsea passes per defensive action below nine, uh, dominated the field tilt 62 to 37, dominated the XG, dominated the chances, really should have... Been a 2-3-0 no win pretty comfortably, really, for Chelsea when you go back and look at how that match played out. Uh, it was interesting that Chelsea rotated a little bit over the weekend. We saw Christian Pulisic make a pretty impressive appearance, I thought. Four shots and a goal uh, for Pulisic. Uh, they benched Aubameyang. He came off the bench. But I, I think it was very, uh, pretty much a confirmation of my prior on Milan, what we saw last week, which was that Milan does not particularly play well when they're pressed high, when they are uh, forced to make quick decisions and uh, try to play through that pressure. They have not been successful at it. They, they benefit from Syria not being a high press and possess type league, typically a little bit different stylistically. There's, there's more slow possession build up play that they tend to do better with. Uh, and so I'm not really sure what changes for Milan in this match. Uh, with that being said, the number doesn't, give them any market respect whatsoever. In fact, I think it's gone a little far here. I would need minus 110 on draw no bet for Chelsea to play it. We're not even close to that. We're sitting like minus 140, 145 are out there uh, with them as a pretty solid road favorite. So while I, I said last week that I think that the market was a little bit too low on Chelsea and a little too high on Milan, uh, it seems they've adjusted here. And I hate that we do this six you know six days later. It's kind of stupid. But uh, I I do think Chelsea is more likely than not to win this but not at the price that I, I have to pay. So I'm going to be staying away here.
0: Yeah. Last, you mentioned that these, since these are the reverse fixtures last season, uh, teams who won the first fixture and won the XG battle in those fixtures, the following way they went nine, one, and three. The only loss was Salzburg lost to Wolfsburg. So uh, I know it's only one year sample size. You can go back and look if you want to, to see how teams performed over the the long run. But yeah, again, six days is is a little difficult to, to once again, prepare, make, you know, wholesale changes and try and to to essentially reverse a, a three nothing defeat. So, yeah, uh, for me, I'm with you. I, I need Chelsea at, at a better number to actually play them. I've been projected at plus one sixty four. So, I too have to pass because Milan is still without Mike Mannion, Salamakers, Care, Florenzi. They're all still out. They like I said, they get Hernandez back. That'll help them on the left side. But Reese James did a great job of shutting down Leo. So, yeah, it's a pass for me. Let's move on to the other match in Group E. Dinamo Zagreb hosting Salzburg. Dinamo Zagreb is plus 180. Salzburg sitting at plus 155 with the draw at plus 230. Salzburg won this match, won nothing on a penalty, Uh fairly dominated the match on XG. What I think is important about this match is Salzburg is sitting atop the group, but if they win this match, they can essentially uh if in in a worst case scenario set up a winner goes through match uh against Milan on the final day um so I mean I was taking a look at what Salzburg was to advance they're only plus 150 that's way too short I'm not going to play that because they you know in in any scenario in the worst case scenario they're not going to be plus 150 against Milan on the final day in Italy so uh for me I am going to pass for this one if we can get Salzburg maybe at a better number I might be tempted to play them what do you have in Zagreb Salzburg
1: I did think it was interesting that from a, uh, you know, expected threat point of view that Dino Zagreb actually hung with Salzburg in that match. And, you know, the penalty, of course, inflates the expected goals indicators. But if you look at kind of the rolling chart of that map and how it played out for the majority of the first half, Salzburg were not able to do anything. They created two big chances, one of which was the penalty, one of which uh, came just before the penalty. It was not the goal. Uh, I think Salzburg are a better side, but I was looking for a potentially good Zagreb spot here, uh, but it doesn't look like we're going to get it. Uh, I also thought it was very interesting. Uh, if you look at Zagreb's record home versus away, that there's been a huge difference. And of course, it's a very difficult place to play. If you've never looked up the videos on YouTube of how insane the fans get there, it's one of the most hostile environments in all of Europe to go on the road to. Uh, Salzburg is the youngest team in the competition You do worry a little bit about, you know, how they're able to handle that. And I think that's going to be a very interesting challenge, especially in the first half. Uh, If you wanted to look for like a Zagreb first half money line, uh, I do think Salzburg is clearly the better team when you look at their underlying numbers and their power ratings. But uh, overall here, nothing that I was able to come and land on. I thought that we'd get a better Zagreb number at home, but uh, after the loss, but we did not.
0: All right, let's move on to group A. Oh, this is a fun one. Celtic hosting RB Leipzig on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Celtic is plus 220. RB Leipzig sitting at plus one ten and the draw sitting at plus two eighty. RB Leipzig won this match 3-1. Um, but I ridiculous. You know, it was ridiculous. I, you know, final XG is not really gonna give it justice. Um, I know where I'm going in this one, but Anthony for, I'll get first let you give your thoughts from that. Stupid match.
1: Are we really going to bet Celtic again? Like, yeah, uh, you know, we took them against Real Madrid. I felt like we were probably wrong side there. Uh, I think you had them against. I think you had them against. Minutes,
0: yeah. Real opened
1: them up pretty good, and that's that's really the thing here, right? And and what we've seen Mm -hmm. now in two separate matches against superior, talented teams is that Celtic can play with them for an hour, but as the game becomes more stretched and more open, they have gotten absolutely destroyed in transition and. And that's not to say that they also didn't find success themselves. There were periods against Leipzig of significant sustained pressure where they looked like the better team. But again, the second goal, there were two off goals for very close calls in that game. Like Leipzig. Yes. The go ahead goal was because Joe Hart just passed the ball right to a Leipzig player. It was incredibly stupid. and, And one of many goalie errors that has gone against me in the last two weeks, just throwing the ball to the other team. But we also shouldn't ignore just how open Celtic were at the back. And I think that's a major problem against this Leipzig team because Nkunku had a ton of space. So the Boschlai was able to get in. Uh, Werner played one pass that almost sent uh, Nkunku in. Like it was just missed it. And I was you know on the edge of my seat thinking this is going to be a goal. I think I would only look toward the Celtic attack here more so as opposed to the defense, because I think they have had major defensive flaws Exposed by these transition elite attacking attacking teams. So I know the minute I stop betting Celtic is when they'll finally get a result in this group, like a positive result relative to the market. But you look back, they conceded a good number of big chances uh, yeah, in that match. Yeah, they did. And it was 20 deep completions for Leipzig to just 12. Uh, 2.11 xg but like i said there was two the one was clearly offside and he probably only scored because he was off but the second one was one of those classic like the guy in the offside position is blocking the goalie chances and you know that doesn't really that's more the defense getting bailed out so uh i'm gonna be staying away here as well another pass for me for now but i don't hate a look on like a celtic team total because i do think they can score with with leipzig Uh, We saw Leipzig's defense get opened up a bit at the weekend on Mines. They have had major struggles away from home. You cannot talk about that. I mean, they got pasted at Frankfurt. They got pasted at Gladbach, conceded early against Mines, and could have conceded again late. Uh, So the Leipzig's had problems on their travels, but I don't trust this Celtic defense in transition. They look so bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely concerns here with Celtic defensively, but... For me, I mean, this is purely a numbers play. I mean, I have Celtic projected as a slight favorite. I'm looking at 538. They only have Leipzig at 41%. Celtic, there's a couple positives. You know, obviously, the two Vardoff goals and the the defensive transition problems are a concern, but they did force nine high turnovers. They were able to counter pretty well. The the goal they set up was a, a beautiful counterattack right out of the half. You know, up until, again, like you said, up until about the 60th minute, like the rolling XG chart, they were winning the match on XG. And then... The dumb goalkeeping mistake by Joe Hart. And then Celtic basically didn't attempt a shot for the rest of the game, which was kind of concerning. But Celtic did have 16 passes into the penalty area against Leipzig, only were able to create 1.2 expected goals off it. That is kind of concerning. But this is an all in spot for Celtic. Like, this is it. They have to win this match to have any chance of going through. RB Leipzig is on a backup goalkeeper. Gulashi tore his ACL on that match. They're still without Limer, they're still without Almo. Uh so I think this is a good spot here for Celtic. I mean it's 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 now or never with these Scottish teams. So um this is probably my last I will be backing Celtic. the other
1: Scottish team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Uh... Yeah. So I'm taking Celtic plus half a goal, minus at minus 135. I tried to look at Celtic first half. Their draw no bet is only even money. I can't play that. That's way too short. So I'm I'm gonna take them for the full game. I'm gonna hope that uh they can convert some of these box entries, convert some of these counterattacks and I mean, Celtic Park is an amazing atmosphere, a very, very, you mentioned Zagreb. I mean, Celtic is right up there with one of the most difficult places to play in all of Europe. I mean, Real Madrid even said it after their match that the crowd was just crazy. So I'm back on the Scottish team.
1: Maybe this is a better money yep. line game than plus a half. Like I could make the argument for that, you know, because yeah, of the variance I in this, agree. right? Like if it's tied late, Celtic and has they to, have go to win. For like, it, yeah, there's, right? there's really no, and that's scary, really no scary for me it. because Leipzig could just come down and win it. Whereas if something is up late, you know, you kind of like their chances if they're just, you know, defending for their lives with that crowd behind them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I could be chalked into maybe like a money line shot, but I I definitely don't want the plus a half minus one thirty five. I'm laying a lot of juice on a team I don't trust defensively uh, against a a matchup that has not looked good for them.
0: Yeah, I mean. I'm going to lay the juice just because I I maybe I trust Joe Hart a little more than you. Maybe I'm just a little more keen to him. But anyway, let's move on in Group E for the sixth time in the last three years, Shakhtar versus Real Madrid. Shakhtar is plus 700, Real Madrid minus 275. The draw sitting at plus 425. Shakhtar got or lost 2-1 to Real Madrid, Uh, In the last leg, Real Madrid created 3.6 expected goals. Uh, The Shakhtar team continues to show that they are really just uh, that they've lost a ton of guys and they're just really not what they were. Um, I'm passing on this one. Uh, I know you snaked your way out of a a couple Shakhtar bets in the last round of matches, Uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, I'm not I'm not laying anything
1: with Real Madrid right now, uh, especially on the road. So, do you have anything for Shakhtar Real Madrid for the sixth time? Yeah. The sixth and hopefully final time for a little while, we need to switch up these matchups and stop drawing <laughs> these two teams in the same group. But yes, uh, I, if you may remember last week's pod, uh, I said that I had no interest in the current number I'm playing Shakhtar and I didn't want to buy high on them. Uh, then the market moved pretty heavily toward real. It was two and a quarter. And I was like, mm, I got up by the under and and the Shakhtar bet here. Like real is just inflated. It's not a great situational spot. Um, and I got lucky, and that doesn't happen all the time. But let's be honest. Look, and this is kind of a more larger point about how these rolling XG things work, and how we talk about teams regressing and whatnot. Like Real Madrid is due for so much finishing regression that they're going to have games like this, and you're you kind of have to bake that into how you project out these teams. Real Madrid is not going to overrun their XG every single game, and you have to also think about the fact that Shakhtar. Put an impressive effort in defensively. They blocked a lot of shots. Yes, there were a bunch of chances, but a lot of them were blocked, and there were a lot of bodies behind the ball almost all times. I was actually amazed with Shakhtar's willingness to play out from the back. Like they were trying to concede it sometimes. It felt like because they were insistent on not going long, they were insistent on playing out and not uh, and you know inviting pressure and then trying to get in behind. And it did work. I mean, they scored a goal because they played out from the back, invited pressure, got past the first line played one ball in goal. Right. But it's a dangerous game to play. And this, this is a bad situational spot for Real Madrid again, because yes, they'll probably win this comfortably, but they have El Clasico this weekend. Here's the thing, the number, you know, and I think a lot of people will see, will look at this and they'll see, okay, three and a half was the total for the first game at Real Madrid. Now it's in a neutral site. And I just watched 800 expected goals go up on the board for Real Madrid and I get a better number on the over, I'm just going to bet the over. I don't like that at all, and I and I would very heavily caution against that. They could do it again, but uh, yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. I'm going to take my money from last week on Jack Tar and under, and I'm going to walk away from the table as a, as a head, and I'm now one and two on my Real Madrid – well, two and two, technically, on my Real Madrid fades this year. I'm keeping a running count for those who say I fade them every week.
0: Yeah, uh, I should have mentioned off the top that uh, Real Madrid and Shakhtar over the years, Real Madrid expected goals was, has been 10.5 to 5.2 in their other five meetings. So Real Madrid has basically just beaten them by a full expected goal uh, per meeting. And I also should have mentioned off the top, Group F, Real Madrid is sitting at the top with nine points. Shakhtar is in second with four points. Leipzig in third with three points. And Celtic with one point. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting group of who's actually getting advanced in that second spot. Let's move on to Group H, which sets up like this. PSG sits at the top with seven points. Benefica tied with them on points in second place. Juventus in third with just three points. And Maccabi Haifa in dead last with zero points. Let's first start with PSG versus Benefica. I came away with that match very very happy. Not just because I won my bet, but it really confirmed to me that this PSG team is still the same old PSG team that we saw in the Champions League last year. The market is indicating that they are essentially one of the better teams in this entire competition, which I think not to be true. Benefica was the better team at home. Like they won the expected goals battle. They held PSG to just 0.9 XG on 15 shots, 28 touches in the penalty area, and 20 box entries. That is incredibly impressive to do against the best front three in the world. PSG was able to get into Benefica's box, but they just got nothing of quality. And PSG's first three matches, I, I said this on the last podcast, but the best front three in the world has only created 4.1 expected goals against Juventus, Maccabi Haifa, and Benfica, And their expected threat was 1.1 against Juventus, 1.3 against Haifa and 1.7 against Benefica. That is not elite attacking numbers. And might I remind you that Benefica, I understand they gave up two goals to Rio Ave this weekend, but that was off, only off half an expected goal. So now we're only three expected goals allowed through nine matches and they've hold, held their first three opponents in Champions League under one expected goal. Benefica in that match created three big scoring chances. Donnarumma constantly just bailed PSG out. He had a Post shot xG of 2.1. PSG was planning on resting a lot of guys this weekend against Reims. Uh, Sergio Ramos got a red card. They had to bring on Neymar, Patinha, and Hakimi uh, in the second half, and they ended up drawing and actually losing the expected goals battle. PSG is probably maybe going to be without Lionel Messi for this match. He was subbed off against Benfica. Didn't play over the weekends against Reims. Not sure if he's going to play or not. They're also going to be without Nuno Mendes, Kimbembe. Renato Sanchez. So if Messi's out, it's likely going to be Hugo Icatique, Pablo Sarabia. I'm not sure, but the downgrade from Messi to one of those two guys is pretty massive. So I I can't believe PSG is this this big of a favorite at home uh, against how uh, basically how good this Benfica team has been. So I'm taking Benefica plus one and a half on the road. I think this number's a little crazy. I only have PSG projected as a small favorite. What are you feeling for Benefica PSG?
1: Yeah, we had good reads on this one last week. Uh, I've seen nothing that changes my opinion on what happened last week. My best bet last week on the pod was under 3.25. These two teams played a game six days ago, uh, and there was 1.8 expected goals created off of about 2.6 expected threat. PSG had a lot of the ball. They dominated the possession. They couldn't really create much. The first half, it was really a tale of two halves, right? The first half, Benfica was playing the better football. They were passing through PSG, um, I think a better team might have taken advantage of PSG's weaknesses. I yeah. think that's a really interesting thing going forward to look at. Uh, there were some flaws that I saw, but Benfica is not a great attacking side at all. Uh, and now the second half at home, they were very capable and very comfortable sitting deep, letting PSG have the ball, not conceding many big chances. And the result was a pretty fair one, one draw in the end. Now what changed? What changed? From six days ago to now, for me, nothing. I thought Benfica represented themselves well defensively. I think they'll do that again, even in Paris. I'll take under 3.25. Same number, same price, same bet. Let's do it again.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I just, I don't, I don't, That's the problem with these matches just being six days out. You always, you always have to ask, all right, what has changed? Oh, not really much and for a lot, most of these matches. Some of them have changed a little bit, but. Uh, again, yeah, not much has changed. So let's move on to Group G, which sets up like this. Manchester City sitting at the top with nine points. Dortmund in second with six points. Sevilla in third with one point. And Copenhagen in fourth with one point. Let's start off with Copenhagen versus Manchester City. Manchester City is a minus 1,000 favorite on the road. Copenhagen sitting at 22 to one on the money line with the draw sitting at plus 900. We're gonna kind of disagree on this match. Um, I'll let you go first uh, because I actually think city might put up another route again.
1: I mean they might like a three nil route would cash both of our bets, right <laughs> That's true. You're on city minus two and a half, I'm on the under three and a half. Uh, this is a super duper sleepy spot for Man City. They have overperformed considerably their expected goals four numbers for the season and I know Erling Holland is the man and I know that the sustained pressure is likely to continue but this total is inflated on the road at Copenhagen uh, and they have Liverpool this weekend. So there is no incentive for them to run up the score. They have already won this group essentially with a win. They will win all but win the group uh, depending on how Dortmund and Sevilla play out their match. If, uh, if, you know, Dortmund wins, they're they've secured advancement already. uh, And if Dortmund ties, they would need some, weird thing to occur in the final two matches for them to not win this group so there is no incentive for holland to be playing big minutes i think he may only play 60 minutes and come off i think that makes a huge difference for this total city has no reason to run it up copenhagen should give a good defensive effort at home uh i think all of this points to the under in a sleepy city spot uh, please pray for me absolutely a sleepy
0: spot i totally agree with you one of the biggest look ahead spots on the board in the champions league this weekend but Pep Guardiola is a psychopath and he never it consistently has rarely benched a ton of guys in these type of look ahead spots in the Champions League. They were in a similar spot last year when they had just blown out Club Bruges. They had a Manchester Derby on the weekend. They had no incentive to actually play a lot of their guys. They rested De Bruyne and they rested Ruben Diaz, and that was it. And then they went on and they just absolutely pasted Bruges 4 1. I think Pep is actually going to think, you know what? we actually need to win this match so that we can seal things up when we play Dortmund in Germany. I mean, city absolutely destroyed Copenhagen. They took 30 shots. They had 39 box entries, 59 touches in the penalty area, and ended up creating 4.1 expected goals. And they only allowed Copenhagen to just take two shots and 35 touches in their final third. Also, I found this kind of funny. Copenhagen sacked their manager on September 20th after a poor run in in the Danish super league Uh, they're still trying to kind of find themselves. They haven't put together really that great of results. Like they just drew with Nord Nord over the weekend. Um, So I very rarely do this, but I'm taking city minus two and a half at even money. I actually do project a little bit of value on it um, just because I, I think this Copenhagen team is quite bad. Uh, They were very, very poor against Dortmund. They're obviously they got pasted by City. And you know, they coming into the Champions League, they only had uh you know plus a half expected goal differential dating back to the start of last season. Like this team really isn't that talented, really isn't that good. They also, you know, their captain's injured that one of their best defenders is injured. So it's it's a tough spot here for Copenhagen. Um, and I think they've uh, you know, they're, they're basically going to be battling with Sevilla for that final third spot to get into the Europa league. So um, I'm going to take city minus two and a half at plus 100. And let's hope for a city three, nothing win. all right. Yeah. Let's penalties us the other could doom
1: this, right. Yeah. Like if they give away a penalty or two, but if city does keep a clean sheet, I, I have a hard time seeing city creating enough to get to four. Now they could finish enough to get to four, but in terms of XG created, I would be very surprised if we got over three and a half here. So I'm going to take the under, hold my nose, bank on some city attacking regression and bank on pep. Yeah. Giving Holland a break in the last 30 minutes when he already has two and they're up to no and in, in the 60th minute. And we'll so we'll talk
0: about it on we'll talk about it on the weekend podcast, but uh, I'm getting close to having to be the guy that says, Hey, uh Holland can't keep up this scoring rate forever, but we'll we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um let's move on to the other match in group H. It is Dortmund hosting Sevilla. Dortmund is minus 188. Sevilla sitting at plus five hundred with the draw at plus three thirty. Dortmund won this match four uh, one. Pretty much dominated Sevilla, who had who sacked their manager <laughs> after the match. Um, Sevilla did really get a draw. The match. Really, it was before the match, but technically the announcement came after the match. Uh, Lopetegui might be on his way to Wolves. Sampoli comes over from Marseille. They get a one one draw with at. Athletic Bilbao on the weekend, lose on XG. They seem to still have the same defensive problems here. The number's just a little too high for me on Dortmund, who are just, you know, they're in a run of playing extremely high-stakes matches. You know, they, they had the match, obviously, against Sevilla two weeks ago. They had to play Manchester City. Then they had to play Bayern Munich on the weekend, got a late goal to draw a 2-2. Um, yeah, I only have Dortmund projected at uh, minus 129. Um, you know, if you want to get uh, a little crazy, you might want to play, you know, you can play Dortmund minus one and a half, chase a big price here. Uh, but other than that, I'm staying away. Do you have anything for Dortmund Sevilla?
1: You know, you, this is one of those kind of games where, you know, we talk about what do you take away from the first game that you can apply to the second game. This is one where I think the market overreacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I have been a Sevilla fader for a while. We all have on this podcast. Uh, They had a a pretty decent showing at home against Bilbao on Saturday. It was was probably their best performance of the season, given the opponent and the situation. Mm -hmm. The performance against Dortmund last week wasn't as bad as the underlying numbers. They created over one and a half expected goals, just didn't finish any, and then Dortmund finished all of their chances. But that game was relatively even. So I am tempted to take the goal here. Very tempted. Uh, but mm. I think I'm going to end up passing uh, Dortmund. Yeah, this is a good, made this is an a good interesting decision to not start Anthony Modest in the match against Bayern on Saturday, uh, which there was only two shots taken in the first half or first 40 <laughs> minutes. Rather, there was a few in this, in the last, uh, last five minutes of the half, but the first 40 minutes, there were two shots attempted until Goretzka, uh hit that goal in the 39th. I think it was so, this defense did a remarkably impressive job and that was at home where they have been excellent defensively this season. I do wonder if Sevilla will struggle to score. It's very hard to just send crosses in forever against Nicolas Sula and Nico Schlatterbeck. I don't know if it will, if they, if they will change, but they've been built so heavily around crossing uh, that I think it's going to be difficult for Sevilla to create chances here on the road. So, I'm so close on Sevilla plus one mm-hmm. as a good buy low, new manager coming in eventually, caretaker for now, Lopetegui's gone, uh, Dortmund inflated off of an overrated performance, big letdown after they just got an incredible draw at home at Bayern. They haven't gotten a result against Bayern in a long time, so it's been a couple of years. So I'm very close on Sevilla, but again, another pass. Uh, this card's about to get ugly for me because, you know, I've taken – I'm betting against City, mm. PSG, and – Whatnot, but I am keeping the bet on Sevilla off of it for now.
0: Yeah, well, spots get uglier. Let's that that wraps up Tuesday's matches before we head to Wednesday. Let's Stop and remind our listeners that Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get 200 free. You may want to use that $1 bet on this game. We'll start off in Group C, which sets up like this. Bayern Munich is at the top of the table Sitting with nine points. Inter in second with six coming off that win against Barcelona. Barcelona is sitting in third and potentially looking at another trip to the Europa League. And Victoria Pleasant has been out scored 12 to 1 and has zero points. Let's start off with Barça versus Inter Milan. Inter won that match, one-nothing. Kind of a it, it was it was an interesting match. Uh there wasn't a whole lot of action. Like XG was very, very low. There was some, there was a a very critical VAR decision that went against Barcelona. Um, I thought Inter really bounced back from a really bad run of form to get a a good result there. Um, But I'll let you start us off here in Barcelona, Inter.
1: Look, you know, you guys bet into here last week. I ended up passing and, and that was a mistake, but like what, what changed in this matchup? besides Barca needing to win, right? And Barca wins this, they'll probably advance. If they don't win this, they probably won't. So I get it. Like, it's a must-win situation. But the market is clearly inflated. On what earth are they a full goal better uh, than Inter Milan on a neutral? They're not. Uh, They're not, right? And so Milan, or Inter rather, I continue to be hesitant about them in the long run this season. But after what you saw in the last match, where they basically held Barca without a shot, for about 30 minutes of that match. So between about 40 and 70, there was no Barca shot attempt, which was insane. Uh, The expected goals in that match, they defended extremely well. There's no reason that I think they couldn't repeat that defensive performance on the road, needing only a draw. I also think this is a decent underspot, but ultimately this market is inflated on Barca off of a performance that does not deserve them to be inflated. And you can't even say it's a look ahead because it's so important for the club, but there is real madrid waiting on saturday I, I i don't consider that in this situation because again like i said like they have to win this match but they just haven't deserved that and have they been unlucky at this point in the champions league to have lost both matches against Bayern and inter absolutely but inter still has good underlying metrics and good enough underlying metrics and perhaps most importantly started onana instead of Handanovic. mm-hmm I think there might be a transitioning happening there. And I love Inter's defense a lot more now with Onana shot stopping versus the Handanovic regression, which looked like he was just kind of off of a cliff here. So, yeah, like Inter. Plus yeah, I
0: mean, I mean, I I I, mean, I should have mentioned up top, Barca's minus 250, Inter plus 625 in the draw, sitting at plus 400. I agree with you. So, essentially, Barcelona closed at what? Minus 130 uh, against Inter uh, in the first match. If you say that, home field advantage is worth 50 cents in the Champions League which is you know kind of a, a steep assumption essentially what you're saying is okay if we could if we flip this then Barcelona getting essentially a hundred points on the money line they should be minus 230 well they're sitting at minus 250 so essentially the market says okay, Barcelona should have won that match. Like, they were way better, which I really don't think the case. I think Inter did a great job sitting back in their 5-3-2. What was interesting what they did is essentially they tried to play out of the back a lot. Like, they, Screener and DeVry are very good ball-controlling center backs who can distribute the ball very well. Barcelona tried to press with their front three. Busquets came up and tried to cover the central midfielder. But the Screener and DeVry just – basically we're able to consistently play passes through to right to the dropping, you know, strikers and get the ball out wide and get it moving forward and really put a lot of pressure on Barcelona's back line. I mean, Barcelona did hold 70% possession and we're still held to just seven shots and 0.6 XG. And most importantly, Lewandowski only took one shot for the entire match. So I agree with you. I'm on Inter plus one and a half as well. Barcelona coming off a less than inspiring performance against Celta Vigo on Sunday, allowed 1.5 expected goals. So I am with you. This market is way too inflated on Barcelona. So I'm taking to plus one and a half as well. Let's go to the other match in that group. Um, it is, it is Victoria Pleasant hosting Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich is minus 800 on the money line. Victoria Pleasant is 18 to one with the draw sitting at eight to one. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, under, I don't know. Under this, again. This, this, yeah. I, I I'm pass. splitting this one up a little. I bit. don't know. Uh, I'm still so mad that I took Barcelona to win nil in the first match, and that's going to be the only match that Pleasant actually scores a goal. But anyway, I am passing.
1: Yeah, I like the under in both halves. I, I took one and a half and three and a half. I'm splitting a unit on that. Look, Bayern didn't look good at all against Dortmund this nope. week. Bayern is very flat situationally here. This is a weird road match for them. They've already basically won the group. Like I said, uh, they'll catch the Inter. You know, th- they'll host inter in the last match Um, they just need to win this the reality of the first game was that Bayern had some incredible finishes it wasn't that they were completely overwhelming of course they dominated the match but if you look kind of at the expected goals i have a hard time getting this one to four as well Uh, i don't think pilsen will score either they have offered no attacking threat in the last two matches whatsoever so i'm holding my nose here on just what i think is an inflated total
0: yeah, uh one thing I did find interesting was Bayern is uh only minus one ten to win nil, which I thought was pretty cheap. And then I looked and you know, pleasant, you know, say what you will, they did create a half an expected goal against Bayern. Um, and Bayern does have a, you know, may not look that uh, you know, as, as a huge match on, you know, on the calendar, but they are hosting Freiburg, who's ahead of them in the table in the Bundesliga. So they have to take that one very seriously. Um, but yeah,
1: maybe take. Bayern to win nil um but then Bayern Bayern had its worst chance creation showing in the bundesliga in more than four years saturday against dortmund Mm -hmm. they created about 0.5 to 0.6 xg depending on what model you look at uh it was really bad yeah and this attack still wasn't right i mean they're not nope they're not, not, there's no focal point. And it's been weird for them. Ganaveri's not a natural striker. Mane's kind of not a natural striker. Like, Musiala stepped up. Muller's injured. So, like, there there are question marks here with this team, Bayern, as a general rule.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know if we're going to learn much from this match. But, yeah, the match against Freiburg this weekend is going to be kind of interesting. Let's move on to Group A, which sets up like this. Napoli sitting atop the group with nine points. Liverpool in second with six points. Ajax in third with three points. Rangers 0 points 0 goals 9 goals against. So let's start off with that Rangers versus Liverpool match the Steven Gerrard derby. I am passing. I'm done with Rangers. I'm not going to try and even play them, but you you're going to try to buy
1: Rangers against Liverpool. I am. Uh you know, I think Liverpool's a little inflated. This is a brutal spot for Liverpool too. Like they need mm-hmm. the win, but again, like this defense has not traveled whatsoever. They took Trent off today against Arsenal. They had no options to pass the ball forward. They were completely unable to get through Arsenal once they took their best passer off the field. Salah is, I mean, where's Mo Salah right now? I mean, his numbers have dropped off in a big way. Uh, Like there are, I'm, I'm, I'm more questioning if it's tactical or if he's aging. I think it's a little bit of both because if you watch Liverpool, he definitely is playing wider this year than he used to but he's also way down in XG per 90. And like, is it because he's aging? I don't know, because he peaked at XG per 90 uh, last season around 0.71. That's domestically. He's down to 0.46 coming into today. That's the FB ref numbers. You can even look in the Champions League. He has not been particularly good either. You can go all competitions. Like there are legitimate regression indicators for for Mo thus far this season. Uh, He's at 0.6. Uh, In the Champions League, he was 0.75 last year. So I think there's a legitimate regression there. You go back to this game, Rangers didn't create much, but they did create in a big flurry at the end of the match that got them to about a half of an expected goal. But Liverpool got a penalty and still only finished with two expected goals at home. So now I'm going to catch a goal and a half at Rangers in what is an all-in spot, like you mentioned. This is one where I think I have an overvalued team who has shown me more in this Uh, in the last two matches, at least, uh, than Celtic has. So I'm going to take one last shot on Rangers at plus one and a half. Let's
0: move on to the other Group A match, which is Napoli versus Ajax. Uh, Napoli is sitting at minus 167. Ajax at four to one. The draw is at plus 350. Uh, Napoli routed Ajax in this match. It was six to one. Uh, Yeah, actually would suggest that maybe it was a little closer, but it was an absolute route. I mean, Ajax... Showed no sense of defending at all. Napoli was able to do whatever they want. Napoli ended up taking what twenty six shots. They ended up just having over twenty box entries. It was just an absolute throttling. And I'll be honest with you, and I think you're going to agree with me here. Napoli's inflated. I really think they're they're inflated on here. But I I, I don't think I can play Ajax plus one after what I just saw. Tadish got a red card, so he's not going to be playing. That obviously hurts IX a little bit. Um, yeah. Other than the Rangers match, Ajax has just shown they basically shown that they are who we thought they were coming into this competition. And the fact that they lost too many guys, they lost their manager, and to recreate what they were last year, uh, they're just not able to do it. So I'm gonna pass. I really just want to, you know, ignore my projections and just take Napoli minus one and watch them win three nothing in Italy because they have looked too easy like yeah, it's too that's, easy, that's right? <laughs> <move>. It is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, it's like, too easy.
1: It's like betting. <laughs> I'm overs. I'm passing. When, yeah. when, when big six teams in the Prem play, just bet the over, you win every single time. That's been the case for the last year and a half. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Everything you said, uh, Napoli is the greatest team in the world. Nobody will ever <laughs> beat them ever again. Nobody will even get a point off of them. <laughs> You'll be lucky to hold them to two goals. You know, that's how good they are now. And like, I legitimately love Napoli. I mean, they, yeah. they took advantage of of some teams who needed to clear out some deadwood. They got Ndombele in Dombley and Zambo and Giza is a great signing from Fulham a couple of years ago. Uh, Oseman's taking the leap. Kavar Shkilia is really fun. Like they, this team is awesome. Mm-hmm. They're so much fun to watch. Why not bet on them? Lay the goal. How, plus 210 last week at Ajax. Easy money. they concede conceded in mm-hmm. the first minute, add more live. Like, you know, uh, but no, I, like, I love Napoli. The time will come to fade them. This Ajax team, the body language is off. The vibes are off. There's major doubting of the current manager going on behind the scenes. The players don't look like they like him. There's no buy-in whatsoever. And we've now seen it like, yeah, they whooped Rangers, but now that they've gotten embarrassed in consecutive matches, no thanks. Yeah, I'm
0: going to end up passing on this one and
1: just watch Napoli win for nothing.
0: All right, let's move on to Group D, which sets up like this. Sporting Lisbon, sitting atop the group with six points, your beloved Tottenham Hotspur. In second with four points, Frankfurt sitting in third with four points and Marseille and last place with three points. Let's start off with that Tottenham Frankfurt match, which was, oh boy, that was, that was a tough one to to swallow. If you had Tottenham, like we all did on this podcast, Tottenham created 2.2 expected goals to 0.9 for Frankfurt. They had three big scoring chances inside the six yard box and just could not put the ball in the back of the net. Now, Absolutely if you look at soccer
1: the, betting, right. And now if you look it's, at the rest it, of the it, box, and, and score, it's what happened, you know, with the two games I bet on Spurs, but go ahead.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, if you look at the box score. I mean, Tottenham only had 23 touches in the penalty area. Like they didn't have a, like a high number of box entries. Like it wasn't like a, Oh my gosh, Tottenham just dominated possession. Like they were just for, you know, flurry after flurry into Frankfurt's box. No, they sat back what they did and they counterattacked them very well and very effectively. And they got their chances, and they just couldn't put it away. This Frankfurt team sucks. They are so bad. They just lost over the weekend 3-0 to Bochum, who is the worst team in the Bundesliga. Over their last six matches, they've only created over one expected goal one time. I'm taking Tottenham, minus one, uh, at minus 120. I think that's a great price. I have them projected over minus 400. This is a Frankfurt team that, since the start of last season, still has a negative expected goal differential like teams like this shouldn't be in the champions league, but they went on a magical Europa league run and somehow they're here. They are awful. So, um, but Hey, they might be back in the Europa league to defend their title here in a little bit. So, uh, but no, I am taking Tottenham minus one and minus minus one twenty. This is a uh, definitely a must win for Tottenham here. Like they have to win this match uh, and to m- pretty much secure if they're going to go through or not uh, in the, the easiest group in the competition. So I'm on your beloved Spurs minus one. What do you have for, Tottenham, Frankfurt.
1: Yeah, you know, back-to-back matches, I felt like I had a really good read on Spurs uh, in terms of how the match would play out, right? Like, you know, they Mm created a bunch of big scoring chances in transition against Frankfurt. They should have won that match. They didn't finish any of them, so they didn't, and I lost my bet. And then this weekend, I faded them, and I said Brighton will control large portions of the match. Uh, They will keep Spurs pinned in their own box. Spurs will not be able to generate much in transition. Uh, Brighton will, uh, you know... You know, we feel like Tottenham's under the cosh for most of this match. Uh, I would say that the first 20 minutes, Spurs were very good. thought they played really well. But after about 20-ish minutes, Brighton, and it was, I mean, it was fun to watch because Brighton beautifully played Spurs in these certain traps. And you can tell Spurs are not the most cohesive pressing unit. They don't do a great job of it. And so they would get caught out. And then one ball to the wing, Brighton were in. They would progress the ball up the pitch. And then once they were there, Spurs really struggled to get out Uh, and I thought that was really the defining moment of the match both teams had their chances it was a pretty even game Brighton closed minus 120 I don't have a problem with either bet that I made I lost both that will happen I will lose bets where I feel like I was on the right side and then sometimes I'll have the Shakhtar under three and a half and I'll win right? Uh, right and you know we've both had a bit of a bad run lately it will come back but I think the takeaway for this match is that I don't really want to lay a goal with Tottenham in this one like I don't Love their ability to get margin. FanDuel opened a bad number, and I grabbed it. But like now, it's minus one eighty. No thanks. I'm gonna pass here. Spurs need to win this oh. for the group future that I have. So uh, yeah, we're looking a little dicey on that front. Although Sporting did have the most bizarre. We'll get to that match. Yeah, let's ridiculous. talk about that match. Sporting, another goalie. Just uh, yep. Fifteen minutes late. The bus was yep. fifteen minutes late getting there. What mm-hmm. did the goalie do in the fifteen minutes? Like Adan, like what were you doing, man? Like you, you you, first, he just, you know, kicks the ball into Alexis for the first goal off of him into the goal. Yep. Ridiculous. Yep. Then yep. just they're playing out in the back. and He just kicks it over the defender into an attacking player two passes later. And then he gets sent off trying to like run out of his penalty area and make like a superhero yep. play. And the match is over. I mean, under two and a yep. half is cooked. So yep. uh, that was a fun one on a fun, fun champions league Tuesday. Yeah. But so we have, I have no sure. interest in betting this match and I am not <laughs> going to get sucked into betting these two luck box teams. Uh, yep. Sporting is, is still good defensively despite their goalie going kamikaze last week. Uh, I think they can definitely keep Marseille off the board. Uh, Marseille did, did fit, lose this weekend, to uh, Ajaxio, but uh, yeah, I'm not betting this match and uh, I will not be watching this match. I will never turn it on. I will hope hope for a draw. Uh, and I will not be betting this
0: finally coming around to your senses. Just don't even watch Mars, this Marseille luck box. Uh, yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, like coming into it. I was like all in spot here for sporting. I know they're at the top of the group, but this is a perfect scenario for them. And then I turned on the match like three minutes late. I saw they're up one, nothing. I got really happy. I was like, okay, this is good. Uh, and then just completely downhill. So without their starting goalkeeper, uh, a sporting team that really hasn't been that good in their domestic league to start the season, like they're in seventh in the Portuguese league, which is kind of concerning. Um, their underline numbers key. are
1: a little better, but yeah, they are not- a
0: little better. Yeah, but they're nowhere near Benfica's or Portos. So, and that's the that's the the problem. Um, so, yeah, I am passing on this match, and the market is kind of caught up. I mean, you know, we had essentially Marseille was was plus one twenty five uh, at home, Sporting's plus one twenty. So they're basically just telling you like, hey. We don't think Marseille is actually that good. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I will be passing because I only have Sporting at plus 111. So uh, let's move on to Group B, which sets up like this. Club Bruges is at the top with nine points. They have scored seven goals and they have not conceded one. Porto is in second place with three points. Leverkusen is in third place with three points and Atletico Madrid is in fourth place with three points. Let's start off on Wednesday in the Leverkusen Porto match. I was very encouraged by what Porto was able to do uh, against Leverkusen. Obviously, if you look at the final XG for that match, yes, Leverkusen did win on XG 1.3 to 1.1, but there was a chick missed penalty in there. There was a couple, you know, things that got varred off as well, uh, Porto all-time did a great game. Yeah. All time bar game. I mean, Porto did a very, very good job counterattacking. They really took control of the match in the second half. Um, you know, there was, you know, Frimprong got a red card late, so he won't be playing in this match. Porto, you know, ended up with 29 touches inside of Leverkusen's penalty area. They had around, you know, 12 box entries as well. Like it was, it was a very good performance. And I thought they countered uh, a wide open Leverkusen team as well. Um, now, this is one of those matches, Anthony, that you say, okay, well, what's changed now from six days ago? Well, Leverkusen's got a new manager. It's Shabhi Alonso, who managed them to a 4 nothing win over the weekend. Kind of a, By the way, that's a- the new
1: manager bounce personified
0: right there. Yeah, it, kind of an out-of-nowhere higher, I think, because he's been managing Real Sociedad's B team for a while. Um, hasn't really been, like, up in one of the up- upcoming leagues or anything like that. Yeah, just a, kind of out of nowhere higher. I don't really know what to ex- expect with him. But in terms of this match, you know, uh, Leverkusen is plus 115 on the money line, Porto plus 225 with the sitting at plus 260. Um, this is essentially the exact same line, uh, <laughs> just reversed. Uh, for home field advantage so you have to ask yourself okay were these two teams incredibly even and nothing's really has changed I thought Porto was a little bit better and I came into that match again in the Porto Leverkusen match with a ton of value on Porto thinking they were the better team and for after that match I still think they're the better team so I am going to take Porto plus half a goal at minus 135 do you have anything for Leverkusen Porto
1: not really. You know, I ended up passing last week. I felt like I, you know, even though Porto won 2-0, I felt like passing was the right decision. You know, when I went back through the match and the box score, uh, it was just a weird game. You know, Porto gets a goal vard off, and then they give a penalty to Leverkusen at the other end because, and that's why the goal was vard off. It wasn't offside, no foul, clean goal. But actually you committed a penalty a minute ago at the other end. So we're going to give the penalty to Leverkusen. <laughs> then they missed the pen. It was just a crazy back and forth game. I think these two teams are pretty even, thought that last week still think that uh, if you put a gun to my head and made me bet it, I'd take the under. Uh, But, you know, I think this is a kind of a better time for, I want to talk about new manager bounces and how no Chabi Alonso coming into Leverkusen did not automatically make that like nothing he did on the training ground for the last day, the one day (laughs) he practiced with them, made them a better soccer team. They were just a team who was in 17th who had a home match against a really bad Schalke team and rolled them. But they were just, you know, a team who had underperformed the underlying numbers early in the season. We've talked about Leverkusen. I don't know what to do with them. They come into the season overrated. Now they're underrated. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not going either way on this team. I think their, um, their underlying numbers show they have not quite at the level they were last year. I wonder if that will change when Verz comes back. Obviously, he's not playing this match. But overall, I am staying away. Let's get to
0: the in my opinion, the premier match of the entire Champions League Tuesday and Wednesday, Atletico Madrid hosting first place Club Bruges, Atletico is minus 250 on the money line, Bruges 7-1, to the draw staying at plus 375. This is a 12.45 p.m. Eastern time match, so it's the premier match along with Napoli and Ajax. The most all-in spot of all-in spots of all time. A lot of alls there. Bruges, like I mentioned, has scored seven goals, they have conceded none. They have created 4.8 expected goals and they've allowed 4.2 expected goals. This team is hor- not, not, they're not horrible, but they're not as good as essentially what their numbers suggest they are right now. And in that match against Atletico, I know you're going to disagree with me, but I thought that Atletico played really, really well. And guess what? When you put Diego Simeone's back against a wall, he always comes out and he always delivers under pressure and even in that match i mean bruges had 12 touches in the penalty area and five box entries and they scored twice like this is crazy they took seven shots and scored two of them i i can't believe this team like this team just is on the craziest finishing rate of all time any little mistake that their opponent makes they just automatically capitalize it on score and score it's crazy i cannot believe they keep doing this so um I'm taking Diego Simeone minus one and a half at plus plus one thirty. Regression's coming for this Bruce team. And I, I went and looked, there's a lot of scenarios that have to happen, but they are 10 to one to not get through to the next round. Um, which I think is a bet that I have to make at a principle. Um, again, a lot of things have to bounce their way. Like essentially one of these teams has to be, you know, between Leverkusen Porto or Atletico has to be, essentially really bad and lose the other two matches and the other two have to win. Um, but yeah, uh this Bruges team, their day of reckoning is coming and it's gonna be at the Wanda Metropolitan. So I am taking Atletico minus one and a half at plus one thirty. What do you have for this match? Uh
1: look, I you guys almost talked me into betting at uh last week and I ended have. up staying I stayed away late. Should have won. I so I did some more digging into this Bruges team. They're they, have they been fortunate? Of course, like they should not have won all three matches in the Champions League this year. They're not uh on that level, of course. But like at what point do we just kind of like respect what they've done and how they've played in three matches in this league? And they do have an interesting young core. Like they're one of the youngest teams in this league. Uh They in this tournament, they have. Look, I mean, they look like they're very cohesive out of possession, which we know is extremely important in the Champions League. They're very comfortable playing without the ball. They like Atletic didn't really create much in that match. Leverkusen they had, 2.1.
0: They had 2.1 expected they, 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 goals.
1: Well, a lot of that half of that was the penalty. You know, a third of that was the penalty. Yeah. So Leverkusen again, like we're gonna let you have the ball, but we're gonna defend our box really well. It was very effective. Uh, they've now done it three times. Uh ah. And I know it's probably a good sell spot, but the number's not good enough for me. So I'm passing. And look, I'd let again, home match against Girona this weekend, pretty uninspiring attacking performance. Like I don't trust Atleti to get margin. That's that's the thing with me here too, is like backing, like they might win this by a goal. They might sneak out a 2-1 win, luck box tradition, you know, late goal. But I can't trust them to get margin. And, and I the number's not good enough. So another pass for me, not the biggest slate of me for with me in the Champions League.
0: I trust Diego Simeone with my life to get margin. So I'm taking Atletico minus one and a half. All right. That wraps up the Champions League slate. Let's take a quick jaunter over to the Europa League and Europa Conference League. I have one pick and it is Rudstar Belgrade draw no bet at plus 110 on the road at Ferran Savaros. You know, last week was a good sell high spot on Ferran Savaros. They had won their first two matches. They had been quite fortunate. Uh, they essentially, in their match, their first match of the group stage against uh, Trabanspor, they scored three goals on their first four shots, and then when they went on and played Monaco, they got completely dominated, and then they scored off a deflection goal to win 1-0. Uh, Belgrade just completely dominated them in the last match. 2.2 unexpected goals to 0.6. There are, there was a penalty in the in there, but uh was just completely outmatched. And this is also I love one of the reasons I love betting on Red Star Belgrade is one of my theories essentially in the Europa League and the Champions League is You have to be able to put up good expected goals numbers in your domestic league. If you're one of these teams outside of the big five, because if you can't do it in your own domestic league, what makes you think you're going to come into the Europa league or the champions league and beat some of the other teams that are even outside of the big five red star Belgrade consistently over the last two years has a plus 1.5 XG differential per 90. And they average around two and a half expected goals per 90 in the Serbian league. So is there a team I really love buying in the Europa League? So I'm going to buy them here again because they're also in an all-in spot. They're still in last place in their group. They need to win this match. So John no bet, plus 110 for Red Star Belgrade against Ferencvaros. Savaros. Do you have anything in the Europa League? I really
1: wanted to play Bodo Glimt, and I still might. Uh, they are. I think we got to play Roma, right? I think they're at home against Arsenal, but yeah, I'm playing Roma. That was my best yeah. bet. Um, <laughs> I, I laid off Roma last week. I thought about betting them for a long time at home against Real Betis. Uh, Betis has been in a weird run of red cards lately. They, they did win last week, but again, red card in, involved. They had a red card in their loss to Salto Vigo. Then they had a red card in their game today in, in La Liga. So it's been weird and you can't really trust the data, but what we do know about these two teams is that one is a major positive regression candidate. One is a major negative regression candidate. Uh, Roma is on the road here. I almost like Mourinho more here in, in a road spot as a dog. When I don't need him to get margin and I don't worry about his defense leaking away a goal, when he needs to salt away a win, when he's trying to salt away a win, I almost prefer that to Mourinho at home trying to get margin uh, and and having the impetus to come out and play a little bit more. So yeah, I like Rome at home or on the road rather. Uh, John, no bet, plus one hundred and five. I took this morning.
0: All right, and let's wrap things up with our best bets for the Champions League. Anthony, I'll start with you. What
1: is your best bet for this Champions League slate? I'm going back to the well on the PSG Benfica under 3.25 goals at minus 108. These two teams played six days prior to when they're going to play on Tuesday. There was less than 1.8 expected goals, less than 2.3 expected threat. Benfica did an excellent job defending the penalty area. Messi is questionable for this match after going off with an injury. Benfica also showed an ability to play through a little bit and and even cause some problems for PSG. I actually think that's a good thing because the more time they're spending – poking and prodding and trying to pick out a pass and get through PSG, the less time they're spending guarding their own box with their lives. This is just a classic spot where a draw, again, suits both teams. So if it's 1-1 one, one late, PSG and Benfica, there is not really a huge incentive to go run up the score for either team. I like the under here. Benfica have been dominant defensively in Portugal. They've translated it pretty well into the Champions League as well. I like them to do it again. Nothing's changed in the last week. Under three and a quarter, minus 108.
0: I am taking... Diego Simeone, and Atletico Madrid, minus four and a half at plus 130 at home against Club Bruges. This is a perfect sell-high spot for a Club Bruges team that is on an insane finishing rate right now. They have scored six goals from inside the box off of 11 shots. That is not sustainable, and it will not keep up. They have scored seven goals in the Champions League. They have not conceded but they only have created 4.8 expected goals and they have allowed 4.2 expected goals. So this team is due to regress. They're very young. They got two teenagers in their back line. The last match against Atletico, they only had 12 touches in the penalty area, only five box entries. So they didn't really create much other than a few big scoring chances. This is an all in spot here for Atletico who really, really needs to win this match if they want any shot of getting through. So give me Diego Simeone with his back against the wall and Atletico minus one and a half at plus plus one thirty. All right, that'll do it for this episode of wonder goal. Thank you to Anthony. Michael will be back in the host chair on Thursday morning for our weekend preview for while we go through the premier league and the rest of the four leagues. Thank you to all for listening. Make sure to follow Wonder Goal in the Action Network app for all of our best bets and underdogs across the Champions League and the rest of Europe. For Anthony Bundo I'm BJ Cunningham. Good luck on your Champions League bets this week.